0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the HR Works Podcast, brought to you by HR Daily Advisor. I'm your host, Josh Zygmunt, Content Director for Simplify Media. HR Works Podcast provides clear, relevant, and actionable information on topics that matter to you, the HR professional. When you're armed with the best practices and strategies to attract, retain, and engage top talent and deliver exceptional service to your organization, HR just works. On today's episode, we're joined by Sadie Funk and Sarah Reddington. Leaders of The Best Place for Working Parents, a collaborative and expanding network of business leaders across the United States committed to providing support for working parents through evidence-based strategies, effectively demonstrating that family-friendly policies contribute to a thriving business environment. They are working toward a common goal of proving that family-friendly is business-friendly. Now, we're recording this episode a day after National Parents' Day and about a week following HR Benefits Week on HR Daily Advisors. So this couldn't be at a better time to have a conversation with Sadie and Sarah and really talk about the key benefits that businesses can gain by offering family-friendly policies. So without further ado, let's get them welcomed. Sadie, Sarah, welcome to the HR Works podcast. Thanks for coming on.
1: Thanks, Josh. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're excited to be here. Thank you.
0: Well, we're excited to have you here. We're excited to get you introduced to our audience of HR professionals. So why don't we get started? Can you tell us a bit more about the Best Place for Working Parents? When was it created? What are your main goals? Let's start there.
1: Great. Yes. So Best Place for Working Parents, we really started back in 2015. I can't believe that's almost nine years ago. Um, But we were really starting to host multi-sector convenings in Fort Worth, uh, where Sadie and I are both from. Um, But we were bringing together the business community, healthcare leaders, philanthropy, nonprofit all coming together every quarter to talk about what a whole community approach to education starting at birth could look like for our community and sort of what every sector has, what role they have to play in that that ecosystem and what that would do for our economic development for Fort Worth, one of the largest growing cities in the country. Um, And so very quickly, our business community stepped up and said, you know, we believe in the ROI of early childhood education. We want to build a strong future workforce. Tell us what to do. And so really, that was the the birthing place, the best place for working. Parents. We worked with a hundred business leaders in Fort Worth locally. We hosted six roundtables of businesses, large and small, every industry across um, across the sun, uh, and and we brought them together to talk about. What do family-friendly practices look like in your company and what's been successful and not successful? And we coupled that with research from across the country to really pare it down to just the top 10 family-friendly policies that have research to prove they benefit not only working parents, but businesses, bottom line. And so today, we're proud to be in nine states, over 16 regions in the U.S. with over 2,000 businesses that represent over 3 million employees nationwide.
0: Wow. Yeah, that is impressive. Starting in 2015, you've certainly seen a lot change in the workforce over these past eight years. Very impressive what you've accomplished in such little time. But again, going through such a a hectic period, especially over the last three years post-pandemic, we've seen so much change in the workforce in general, especially impacting working parents. So really excited to dig into that. But thanks for that quick background there, Sarah. Now looking at where we are today in the workforce... Some of the discussions we typically have on the HR Works podcast is based around the employer employee relationship. So, looking at those common employer employee relationships across the US workforce right now, how have expectations and demands really changed for working parents over recent years?
1: Um, they've greatly changed, Josh. I'm sure you've you've seen that too. But I mean, before COVID even hit, we knew that 83% of millennials would have left one job for another job with better family-friendly policies. So this was a trend pre-COVID. And out of the 73% of women who were leaving the workforce pre-COVID, 73% of them said they would have stayed had they just had access to flexibility. And again, this is all pre-pandemic. Post pandemic today, we see that employers are losing $23 billion a year in lost productivity costs due to child care challenges faced by their workforce. Um, we had Indeed speak at our national summit this year, and they shared that work from home searches on Indeed have increased from 9 million per month pre-pandemic to over 47 million per month post-pandemic. Wow. So I think I think COVID really shined a light on how home and work are inextricably linked, and so those employers that are really looking for creative solutions to to embrace that relationship um, are the ones that are ahead of the curve in attracting and retaining top talent today.
0: Yeah, it was really something that was bubbling under the surface. It seemed like, and COVID really brought a lot of these challenges, these issues, these needs from the workforce to light, um, and it actually also made them real. I'm so glad, Sarah, that you mentioned the challenge of women in the workforce, especially. That was something that we were heavily covering on HR Daily Advisor back in 2021 and early 2022, as we were seeing a massive downturn in women in the workforce. That was certainly a challenge. But just in looking at recent stats, and this is something that was shared ahead of time that really caught my attention. It was a an Axios report that shared women in the workforce with children below 18, uh, participation rate in the workforce is now at around 71.6%. That's surpassing figures that we saw from February 2020. So we've been past where we were pre-pandemic. What's contributing to that? What's really been the shift? What's led to that change from where we were, again, struggling in 2021 to now back and successful two years later?
2: Yeah, I think as you highlighted, Josh, you know, COVID really put this on the map. People were talking about it. There were there were the same needs that working parents needed, and especially working moms. We know that, you know, thinking early on in 2020, 80% of the 1.1 million people that left the workforce were women. We saw a 33-year low in women's overall participation in the workforce. And, and those unprecedented times were fortunately met with unprecedented innovation and response from our business community. We saw companies like Bank of America stepping up to offer their employees, you know, $100 a day in childcare stipends. We saw others saying, you know, we're, we're going to make it happen so that you can work remotely so that you have this flexibility. Um, and that was really in response to definitely the, the increased juggling that happened during COVID. But I think it was also in response to the increased juggling that's just been happening over the past several decades as um, the average, you know, family and the average working profile um, has changed. You have you know the, the grand majority of of all working parents participating in the workforce. And so when we surveyed our parents on what would it take for you to get back in the business, you know, back to a regular working, not surprisingly we saw flexibility and childcare assistance really come to the top of that list along with remote work, parental leave, and paid time off. All of which are part of our top ten benefits. So pre to coast COVID, when we look at even just our participation and overall in our national trends report, we're able to see that the the overall presence of the of each of these 10, top ten policies has really increased in a significant way. And policies like backup childcare flexibility, while you know used to it was almost unheard of, we're starting to see really increase across industries but also really importantly across businesses of all all size and values so i think really what happened was we had you know an unprecedented time a global pandemic and really the business community those who were successful in in attracting and retaining are those today who have decided to really step forward and invest in family-friendly policies
0: yeah i love that sadie i think that's what's been really interesting to see especially over the last 2 to 3 years in the benefits space is organizations are using their benefits as a way to set themselves apart from the competition and attract top talent conversely i think top talent is also changing what they're looking for to draw them or keep them to stay at an organization and it's more than just salary salary will always still weigh out but there are ways for organizations to compete and change that relationship beyond just the paycheck and it's what you're offering for the full experience it's so encouraging to see that we're seeing this pendulum swing back in the other direction. And really, even as I mentioned, surpass those February 2020 numbers. One thing we talk about within the HR audience, especially on HR Daily Advisor, is the commitment to diversity that many companies look to. And what I really wanted to dig into was the parent population and how that is actually playing a vital role in creating a diverse workforce. Can you weigh in on that a bit more? Like, how Again, how are the the parent population really helping create diversity in a workforce.
1: Yeah, I, I think you know the 63 million parents in the U.S. You know, it's it's a growing contingent of today's workforce, no no doubt about it. And and today we see only 27 percent of households have. The father is the sole breadwinner. So as we see more and more households become dual income working households, you know, the the business community would be remiss not to see that as a unique demographic to think about. And from a diversity lens, I think that's a really interesting angle, Josh. I mean, parenting is a strongly unifying topic, right? Which is why we've, we've seen in the Best Place for Working Parents Network, a lot of employers implementing employee resource groups centered around parents have a lot of a lot of success there um at the end of the day i think diversity is trying to create an inclusive place where your employees feel belonging and so parents connecting with other parents and the unique challenges and opportunities in that space especially for working parents is a really powerful tool in achieving that vision
0: yeah i think that's absolutely where we are at as a society as its workforce is trying to define what diversity is and it can be in so many different shapes and sizes. I think that the parent group is one that should equally be looked at as well as any other groups and employee resource groups that we're looking at and trying to utilize and really showcase at an organization. Uh, so yeah, I love that we're bringing this one to light because again, I think there's so much that can be learned for an organization and how to create that great employee experience and and that's again the value of ERGs in general is that opportunity to serve and how to help your employees create that great experience. What better group to have than, again, that family-friendly working parents group that you can learn so much from? Absolutely. Oh, fantastic. So that's a great benefit, obviously, from looking at family-friendly policies that can easily be communicated across an organization. What are some other benefits that are out there when offering family-friendly policies that HR leaders can communicate to their C-suite to really enact some change?
2: Yeah, well, each of our top 10 family-friendly policies have research behind them to show that not only are these going to be really great for your working parents but also businesses bottom line and just building off what you and you and Sarah were just talking about you know these policies aren't just good for working parents they're really good for everybody and they're good for employees kind of across the spectrum and best place for working parents the top 10 policies really come together as a suite of policies that businesses may not be able to do all but they can they can really pull them together in a way that best fits for their business in their industry in their you know, in their region, in their little neck of the woods. Um, so thinking about that, what are some of those returns businesses can look for? And, and to your point, HR managers can really bring to the C-suite. Child care assistance. We know that dependent care FSAs can save businesses $352 per employee, while backup child care can save employees up to $75,000 a year in lost time by subsidizing care for, you know, the inevitable when an employee has a sick child who has to stay home and who needs to be cared for. You know, thinking about things like parental leave, first time mothers who have paid leave are 32 percent less likely to quit after childbirth. So when we think about really retaining the top tier and those really highly credentialed women, that is such a key piece. And then remote work is really starting to show gains, proven to increase employee performance by 13 percent and attrition overall by 50 by percent. And these are just some of the examples of how these policies can truly benefit You know, the business profitability Attraction and retention, and the good news that we always say is it's not a one size fits all, but really has the flexibility to come together and figure out. You know, what are some of these low to no cost solutions, all the way up to you know the on site cream of the crop childcare. There's really space for everybody to play, and we we always encourage everyone that the first place to start is by surveying your employees.
0: Uh, Sadie, that was fantastic. Again, just a great breakdown of of benefits that organizations can immediately see by investing in family-friendly policies. I love that you mentioned flexibility too. I think that is one piece that is so essential and really opens up opportunity for so many organizations. Flexibility isn't one size fits all. It can fit what an organization is looking for. It can fit what an organization wants to represent in their culture, but can also meet their employees where they are to really create something that works for both the employers and the employees. Again, creating that, that environment that can support flexibility that can support work-life balance too. And that's something we all learn to value and and really put a name on more intentionally in the last three years. We're seeing that you can have a career, but also still have your personal life and and keep the two in tandem. Uh, Work-life blend is one that we always talk about so much on this podcast as well. And I really like that because it is so true. You don't turn one off and turn the other one on. They kind of work in tandem and and organizations that can figure out ways to support both uh, are really seeing success right now.
2: Absolutely. And I think alongside like workforce flexibility, one of the things that really allows for flexibility is also predictability. Which working parents don't always have, and so thinking about you know employees, especially in the hospitality industry and service industry, um, you know the difference between getting the schedule for the next two weeks the day before and you know a week ahead of time or two weeks ahead of time really allows them to be able to maximize their schedule so that it works for their family and you know and the business that they they love and want to go to work for each day.
0: I love that. Yeah, those are little wins that can make such a big difference for your workforce. And that's listening to your workforce, too, just to understand where you can help, which leads me to my next question of really what are the easy ways for HR leaders, for HR teams to start supporting their parents better, uh, to start putting some of these policies into place? Again, you've got a great list of top 10 policies and ways to do it, but often that challenge is how do you start? So any suggestions of where our audience of HR leaders can start?
1: Josh, I think you you just answered your your own question. Um, you you were you were super smart there. But I mean, I think what we would say is surveying your employees absolutely is the first place to start, um, because it, it it is so different by business and location and industry, depending on what your employees truly need. I would also say for businesses who just want to. To know where to start, you know, the Best Place for Working Parents self-assessment online is free for businesses to use. It's totally confidential. We designed it with business leaders in mind. It's only three minutes to take. And once you take it, not only will you see, hey, we we gained the Best Place for Working Parents designation, but you can also see where your business fares against other businesses of like size and industry in all of those Top ten family-friendly policies. So it's a dynamic dashboard of results where you can actually see, hey, you know, maybe we're really leading in this area, but we have we have gaps and are behind the curve than our competitors in this area. So it's a it's actually a helpful tool for businesses, a jumping-off point for them to start.
0: That's great. Usually, Sarah, I would reserve the let's give our audience somewhere they can go to learn more. Question to the end, but that's a great time there. So where can our audience go to take that survey?
1: It's on the best place for working parents website. So it's best place, the number four, workingparents.com.
0: I love it. So those are some great steps, again, of just where to start, right? Get a sense, hear your workforce, hear who you're trying to ultimately serve and, and create that experience for. Those are some great ideas there, Sarah. So looking at how we can start, I also like to look at some of the challenges that are facing workforces. What are some of those obvious challenges that organizations still overlook? That are ultimately creating that negative impact and, and making it difficult to have a positive employee experience as a working parent?
2: I, I think it's really the unpredictability of parenting. You know, it was mentioned earlier businesses lose $23 billion a year related to childcare challenges because. Kids get sick, um, you know their school days, teachers have in-service days, their snow days, and then we are you know coming out of summer in <laughs> summer camp and the juggling of the summer, the great juggle is what you might call it is is real and all of these things are, are something that parents are, are really still having to figure out on the fly um, and figure out somewhat by themselves. And so it's those companies that are really thinking ahead to how to mitigate those. Um, both in the long term but also when those unpredictabilities do come up, are really those that are are placing themselves to um, to be successful. Last year we created a child care toolkit. Um, that really outlined eight different options for employers looking to tackle a childcare issue within the workforce. So this was kind of like a starting point. If, if you don't know where to what to do or do anything, it's all all the way from those, you know, low to no cost options that have to do with flexibility to thinking about childcare assistance, you know, dependent care FSAs up to like what what are the opportunities with on-site childcare and you know, what are some of those tax benefits available to me? Because um, it, it it can be really difficult, but I think the solutions don't have to be expensive or overcomplicated, but really just as easy as partnering with maybe a backup child care provider or offering more flexibility so that when things do fall through the cracks that, um, you know, they're able to kind of still show up for both work and their family.
0: Yeah, that's great, Sadie. The unpredictability piece is interesting to dig into is sometimes you lose sight of how far we've come since 2020, where again, it was pretty foreign to be remote and so many of us were used to the office culture that was common to go into the office almost five days a week to now it's pretty frequent. We're having our conversation over virtual tools that can make the lack of predictability something you can address by providing some flexibility, using technology, being open to letting employees access work and work when they can. All right. So, as we wrap up, just looking at ways that HR teams can really enact change in their workforce, what's one thing that HR teams can do? And I'll ask you both if you both have unique ones that they could put into practice immediately, coming right off this call. Maybe it's tomorrow morning after they've listened to this podcast to start supporting their working parents.
1: To go back to our original conversation, Josh, customization is key. So, serving your employees tomorrow is a great first start. I think it would be surprising for so many leaders out there to see what employees actually are asking for versus what you assume that they might need and you may be able to actually save costs in the process. So one of our speakers at the National Summit this year actually talked about how he completely revamped his healthcare system because he was paying way too much for healthcare, um, and his younger employees actually weren't utilizing it. But his employees that had five to nine kids were getting way overburdened with it. So he revamped the whole health care premium um, and, and it, it helped everyone, everyone involved. You know, same thing with, you know, he couldn't offer maternity leave, but he could offer unlimited PTO and he could offer flexibility, which is what his employees wanted even more than that, that leave. And so really customizing the solution based on your unique workforce, I think is the name of the game and where leaders can really see the, the quickest um, benefit. And return.
0: Yeah, that's great, Sarah. We have that conversation often as well of the pros and cons of unlimited PTO. That's certainly one to put in the pro column. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, and I, I would say, I just echo Sarah. I think, you know, listen to your employees, survey and listen, um, and and do it regularly so that you have a, a feel for, um, you know, as, as trends change within your own workforce and those needs change with them.
0: That's perfect. All right. So, looking ahead, is there something you're excited about? in the future of family-friendly workplace policies? Maybe something that's on the cusp that hasn't really taken hold of the workforce yet, like maybe unlimited PTO. What's on the horizon?
2: You know, I I think for me, what I'm most excited about is when I look across these top 10 policies, they've only grown since we launched in in 2020. Um, And thinking that COVID definitely drove that. And I think a year ago, two years ago, we were saying, What's going to be left? It's like what I call the great shakeout of like, oh my gosh, everybody rushed to the table to keep keep people employed and you know keep their employees and especially those working moms. And so they they threw a lot out there. And I think what we're seeing is the policies that are really staying in place are those that support our working parents, support our working families. Um, and so for me, that's what I'm so excited to see and and continue to push through is that across each of these policies, we're seeing greater adoption and greater implementation and. Um, And that, you know, businesses from from the micro to the large are taking each of these and saying, we may not be able to make it fit like that,
1: but we're able to make it work like this.
0: That's great. Sarah, is there anything you're excited about coming up?
1: Uh, One of our employers at our last summit talked about how they give every new mom a snoo. So I'm excited about that becoming commonplace. That seems like a good practice.
0: Good, easy, creative ways to just set yourself apart from the competition, which I think that's the name of the game, right? It's like, how do you stay unique? How do you carve out something that is uniquely yours in a competitive job market right now too, where that experience matters. So thank you both for those. Now, again, we're here with Sadie Funk and Sarah Reddington, leaders of The Best Place for Working Parents. Sadie, Sarah, what's something you've learned about yourself over the past year that you think has made you a better leader? Sadie, why don't you start
2: I I think definitely that I too uh, have the unpredictability of parenting that that flows in with the ebb and flow of my job as well. Like I have two children, uh, three years of age and under, so they're in childcare, but they get sick and I have family nearby, but they go out of town. And so there's days where I kind of just have to throw in the hat and um, and that's given me the opportunity to really see how these top 10 policies play out because I have a a great employer and partner in Sarah and best place for working parents that understand, you know, it's, um, it's going to take us all. And, you know, the way to get the most of me is, is to be supportive in those times when I really need it.
0: That's great. Sarah, is there something you've learned about yourself in the last year that you feel has made you a better leader?
1: I mean, I think I would just reiterate what, what Sadie said, actually your, your term today, work-life blend. I don't know that I'd heard that before, but that is, that is so absolutely accurate to how I see myself in the workplace. I have a daughter too, and it's much more of a blend than a balance. And I actually really enjoy that. And I enjoy showing my daughter what work looks like. And I enjoy having my work um, know a bit about me as a person too. So um, having that work-life blend sort of evolve as, as I progress in my career is, is pretty rewarding and special.
0: That's great. Yeah. We're learning as we go. Now, sticking with, again, those more personal questions, Sarah, I'm going to stick with you here first. Is there a piece of professional advice that you've received along the way, something you've leaned on that you could pass along to our audience of HR and recruiting professionals?
1: (laughs) At the risk of saying it too many times in this one um, interview, I think listening is first and foremost, the most important success factor for a leader and really for any professional. Um, And that goes for personal life too. But I I think when I listen more intentionally and intently, um, I always come out with a better understanding and, and better results. So I think listening would be would be my recommendation.
0: That's so good. I had the conversation with one of my team members earlier today as well. It was like a lot of problems can be solved with just better communication. You figure out that you can get on the same page pretty quickly if you raise your hand and say, hey, this doesn't make sense or let's talk this out further. Absolutely. It's great advice. Sadie, how about yourself? Is there any piece of, of business advice that you've leaned on throughout your career that's helped make you successful that you could pass forward? <laughs>
2: Yeah, I, I mean, not, not to be cliche and say what we've said, but I, I think it is that listening and communication and understanding that everybody does it differently. And so if your style of communication, um, you know, it's not going to work for everybody. And, and so really, the onus is on you as a great leader to find ways to effectively communicate. Um, and people, some people are going to be a little more direct with that. Some people are going to need time to process. And so thinking ahead to, you know, how best you can you can use various mediums and opportunities and conversations to communicate and connect with your employees.
0: Oh, that's great. Thank you both for sharing that. Now, again, we're here with Sadie Funk and Sarah Reddington, leaders of The Best Place for Working Parents. Sadie, Sarah, what's the best place for our audience to find you online? Any recommendations you can give or any websites you can share with our audience here?
2: Yeah, I I mean, earlier we did say, so it's it's number four workingparents.com. And on that site, I would encourage businesses to go to our resources tab. You'll find our childcare toolkit, the national trends report. You can have access to the assessment at no cost. So there's a wealth of resources that can really become a starting point for those who are maybe just diving into this space or you know, curious what's out there. We also have a host of case studies that can really help think through what, what your latest innovation can be.
0: That's great. And is there anything you're excited about coming up on the horizon for Best Place for Working Parents?
1: Our 2024 National Summit will be in Nashville, Tennessee next year.
0: Okay, very exciting. Well, again, we're here with Sadie Funk, Sarah Reddington, leaders of The Best Place for Working Parents. Sadie, Sarah, thank you so much for joining the HR Works podcast. Now, before we let you go, this is how we close out all of our podcasts. This is a bonus question we toss on, and it's all about motivation. I'll start with Sadie for this one. When you wake up in the morning, your feet hit the floor. What's the one thing that gets you motivated to start your day?
2: Hmm. What's the one thing that gets me motivated to start my day? Well, I usually have pitter-pattering feet standing next to me at the bed.
0: I had a feeling it would go that way. There's
2: usually a big old smile on her face and, or on both their faces. And then I I head to the kitchen for that um, lovely double
0: shot of espresso. There you go. It's a good way to start. Sarah, how about you? What gets you going for your day?
1: Well, practically speaking, what gets me going is my workout, first thing. But mentally speaking, I get really jazzed about the work that we do at Best Place for Working Parents to really set precedence for best practices in business in community and family support. So I'm just really proud of our team and our partners and the regions that we work with. It's, it's a really rewarding and exciting place to be.
0: Oh, those are both fantastic and great motivators there. So thank you both. Sadie Funk, Sarah Reddington. Thank you so much for joining the HR Works podcast. Thanks for sharing a great conversation about, again, those key business benefits that so many organizations can find by offering family friendly policies. A great message and a great lesson for our audience of HR professionals out there. So, thanks for sharing your time. Thanks for sharing those great lessons with us. And hopefully, we can keep the conversation going.
2: Great. We look forward to that. Thank All you. All right.
0: Thank you both. Thank you for listening to the HR Works Podcast. Be sure to check out our new episodes every Tuesday. Follow us on all major streaming platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon Audible.